parenting, though parenting isn't, is not easy, and so you need as much help as you, you can get. And well, I came up with, I found online some helpers for parents. I thought these would be some parenting hacks that I could give you on that journey of parenting. Uh, some of you have multiple kids, you know, like our worship leader, and uh, maybe they bicker and fight in the back seat. Uh, here's a little helper for those of you that have kids in the back seat that are fighting. Check out this uh, image here. Put it up on the screen. One, two, there it is. Cardboard. You can put cardboard between the seats and they will not fight each other. Isn't that a great idea? That's pretty great. Yeah, some of you right now thinking about that for your next trip especially. Uh, another one is if you have candy in the house and you don't want your kids to eat the candy, hide it in the string bean bag in the fridge. They'll never look there. They'll never look there. Or the freezer. Uh, okay, and then let me give you another one. This is pretty cool. You, if you got kids, you're giving them a, a bath. You can put them, uh, you can put them in a, like a little laundry basket, and all their stuff will stay right close to them, and they can play with it. So that's a pretty good little. So right there, you came to church. You got three great helpers right there for parenting. Now, then, I want to give you some very down-to-earth and very important helpers from God's Word. Let's go back to a text I shared last week, and it's a great parenting scripture from God's Word. It says this, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he, she should go, and even when they're old, they will not depart from it. And this text is saying a lot of things, but one of the things it's saying, we talked about it last week, that there is a way for your kids to go. And if your kids are going to learn that inside the home, it's incumbent on the parents to have a plan to teach that. And I said last week as we kicked off the message, I said, you got to have a plan. You got to decide that you're going to put in a little bit of effort to plan when it comes to parenting. And so we've been sharing actually now for two weeks this is the third week of our series, just some things to help parents plan now I do want to say that as I teach this, you know, it's very possible that somebody could hear this and start feeling guilty about maybe the way that you've parented already. And I just want to assure you that it is not my goal to make you feel guilty. Uh, as a matter of fact, guilt is not of God at all. Guilt is, is something our spiritual adversary Satan uses. To, that feeling of guilt, shame, regret, that, he's the author of that. And God is not. What God wants you to encounter is something called godly conviction. What is godly conviction? It is when you and I experience a time like this here at church. We are reading God's word in our prayer life where God stirs us and says, hey, there's something going on in your life that's not healthy or needs to change. And now I want to empower you with how you can live better. And that's really what we want to accomplish in our time together. Okay, I see it. I see the struggles we're having but I'm not made to live there. I can, with God's help, encounter more, including in parenting. And so I want you to know that. I also want to remind you as we kick off our time together today that my wife and I do not come before you. We don't say, hey, we're perfect parents now. Here's what you need to, to know. Uh, not at all. We've made mistakes just like you've made mistakes, and we haven't always got it right. We're not the Instagram parents who just want to portray that everything's amazing online. You know, we post these pictures. Look at me. We're all perfect. Here's our image. That's not what we're shooting for as a family. 
certainly not at all. And, and just so you know, you should never go to Instagram to try to find out who's get it, got it all together and who does not, because it's all a fraud for the most people. You know, so like, we're, we're not here to like uh, look at somebody's best life pictures to try to think that they've got it all together. And, and our family is that way, and we, we are not perfect, and I just wanted to make sure we had some clarity on that. And I also want to say to you, that uh, we've endeavored to partner with you on this journey regularly. And one of the things we've been doing is letting you know that our staff put together some resources for parents. And on the back of your message notes, there's a QR code. And I'm going to be sharing some things today that I've shared the first two weeks of this series, like this QR code. Some of you have been here the first two weeks of this series. You already heard me say it. I'm going to share it again because we got a ton of first-time visitors with us this weekend, including in this service. Let's celebrate our first-time visitors. We love having you here, and uh, yes, we. if you scan that QR code on the back of your bulletin there, it will take you to a link where you can find some of those resources and order some if you decide to order some of those to help you in your parenting spiritually. We offer that. Um, we, these are not links to our church where you're buying from us. They're through external organizations that are selling these products. If you want to see the products, put your hands on them, thumb through the books and resources. They're out in the hallway. As soon as you exit the auditorium on the right-hand side, there's a little display that we built there that, that has those there. You can thumb through them and see kind of what the resources look like. They're not for purchase there. They're not for you to take with you, but they are for you to kind of get an idea, and then you can take them uh, with you, or you can take, go take the link with you and order online the ones that you do want. If you're here today and you are not a parent, if you're here today and you are not a parent, here's what I want to say to you right now. Would you just be praying right now for our parents? Would you do that? And would you also, if you're here today and you're not a parent, would you pray right now? Would you pray that God would reveal something to you in this message that you need to take away? Because I've been sharing stuff every week of this series that would be applicable for any human being to take with them no matter where they are and what stage of life they're in. Don't ever come and sit under a, a teaching at a church and act as though you're so arrogant that you don't need to hear anything. You're always being open. God, let your spirit reveal to me whatever it is that I need to hear. So I hope that you'll do that today. Of course, if you are single and you think, or you say, I don't have kids now, I'm not a parent, but one day I might want to definitely take really good notes. Here's the first thing I put in your notes. I just want to give you something kind of encouraging right now to get this thing started and just give you a reminder that if you're wanting to parent well, check it out. You, you can do it. That's the water boy movie and the guy's shouting out in the crowd, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You can. And you have what it takes if you seek God. You can become the parent that you want to be. I, I, when I was growing up, I loved, I loved little gadgets like, uh, like Swiss Army knives. Anybody a big fan of Swiss Army knives? Growing up, man, it had like all those tools. Somebody gave me one of these one day. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen these, but it opens up, you know, and it's got, it's got pliers and, and, and there's Phillips or flathead, you know, there's scissors. Uh, there's a little Allen wrench in there as well. And so it's, it just opens up with all these little cool resources and, and inside of it. It's got a little can opener. Somebody said, that's a beer opener. I'm like, that's not a beer opener. Stop thinking about beer. It's a can opener. And so anyways, uh, we 
has, so I got, it's really kind of a neat, like if I, if I have this, you know, with me, I probably could say I've got all the tools for everything that I could ever face, you know, uh, if I was ever needing to fix something. And uh, I want to say this to you this morning, with God, you have all the tools and resources at your disposal to do anything great that you believe you need to do in your life, including parenting. Here's a very famous scripture in Psalm 139. It says this, uh, for you, God, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame's not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body, God. All the days for me were written in your book. This is a famous text to point out a lot of things. Uh, number one, that life in the womb matters to God because he's creating and designing. Number two, uh, this is another reason this is important because it shares right there in the text that God is designing, he's weaving, he's creating, and he made you, knows you intimately, and has prepared you for greatness in your life. He wants you to know that you can encounter that in your own life, and seeking him, discovering him more and more, allows you to see that you have tools for any occasion in your life, again, including parenting. When I met my now wife 33 years ago, um, we were six, and no, I'm just kidding. But uh, we met, and, and we were in high school, and she, they had a cat, you know, and the cat got pregnant and had, uh, you know, these little kittens ready to deliver. And it was kind of interesting watching this process. Well, before I share that with you, cats, okay. Um, I, th this week, my daughter moved out of my house, and she left her cat. Has any parent ever experienced this? Your kids leave the pet behind? Yeah, they just leave it with you. And you're like, I don't want, the, why do I have, so I got a cat now. And um, anyhow, but 33 years ago, my wife, their family had a cat. This cat gets pregnant. It's about ready to deliver this litter of kittens. And man, it was, as I watched this, kittens are delivered and instantaneously, this mama becomes a mama she knows how to feed, she knows how to care, she knows how to protect. All of a sudden, like, the switch flips and she's ready to go. Like, she's equipped and she's doing whatever she needs to do to be the mama that she needs to be to those kittens. Folks, I want you to know, if God can equip a cat to do whatever needs to be done, God can equip human moms and dads to do whatever it is that they need to do to be great moms and dads. So whether you're here today, single, married, pregnant, divorced, wherever it is, I want to say to you, you can do it. God can prepare you and equip you. But along the way, here's the next thing I put in your notes. You need to remember this. You can. You can do better. And you can get better. Like, you don't become like, okay, uh, my kids are one, I've been parenting for, my kid's one years old, I've been parenting for a year now, uh, and I've arrived as a parent, I know it all. You, you know, right, I could share that, that sounds silly already, but in other words, as things change, you have to discover and grow because age bracket changes and things that go along with those different ages changes. It's, it's hard. Like on one side of this equation, you've got, you know, you got parents, you got kids, and on one side, you got rebellious, immature, self-centered, impatient, poor listening, anger issue people, and the other side, you got the kids. 
Yeah, some of you get that. You, you didn't come home from the hospital with an operation manual on how to be the greatest parent ever. And God's word gives you plenty of information on parenting, but, but you have to seek it and you have to dig into it and you have to grow. God says, man, I, I, I developed the idea for the family. He, he made it all. He designed it. God designed family. God designed marriage. He designed the whole thing. And he says, I got a plan for it. And so seek me for the truth about what family should be and shouldn't be. Seek me for direction in your life. One of the great family scriptures is about Abraham as we see God's design and desire for the family in Genesis 12 and verse 1. Abram became Abraham. But here's what it says about him. It says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country. I love this. So you, you know what? Here it is. Ready? Get away from your family. You've grown up. Get away from your family, your people, and your father's household, and go to a land God says that I want to show you. There, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make your name great, and you will be, you will be a blessing, and you will bless those who bless you, and whoever, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will also curse, and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. There's a lot there kind of encapsulating family. We're seeing family. We're seeing legacy. We're seeing generation after generation all born out of this thing where God is saying to Abraham, now leave what it is that you know and follow me to learn what I really want for you. And, and kind of going back to week one, some of you have to do that if you're going to have a great family. You're going to, in other words, you came from a country within a country. What, am I, what do I mean? Like, you have a country, but within your country, you came from a country. You came from your family's country. All the history from your family. Sometimes you got to be willing to step away from that to see more clearly what God wants from you, not necessarily what your family wants or did in your past to kind of uh, prepare you, maybe not so well, for, for what it means to be a parent one day in your own life and to have family in your own life. You have to get away from that paradigm. Sometimes you got to get away from from the history, sometimes you got to get away from the ethnicity, sometimes you got to get away from a poverty mindset, whatever it may be, and say, no, God, what are you trying to show me? Of course, some of you grew up with great parents, and they did a great job, and there's some things that you should take with you on that journey. I shared last week, your kids right now are directly involved with identity theft. In other words, they are watching mom and dad 247 and they're taking all these things that they see you do with them one day. And what you want, what you want as a parent is that your kids will take the very best things of your identity that they can take with them. But sometimes we also pick up on the worst. Sometimes we pick up on the things that are unhealthy that our parents are doing. And so what God is saying here is you got to be willing to leave all of that and say, can I follow you, God, for the family? Are you willing to say, God, what do you have in store for our family? The scriptures say that then you can build legacy. Then it says, I will bless you. I will bless your family. I will bless legacy and generations. Who wants blessing for their family? Blessing comes when you seek God and only when you seek God for your family. He says, and oh, by the way, I will curse those who curse you. I love that reminder because you and I in the year 2023 are living in a time where if you were to stand and boldly say, my family lives for God, my family lives for Jesus Christ, people are going to mock you. They're going to say things about you. Like, what's wrong with you? Because so few people today understand the value of what it means to live in timeless truths of God's word. Now, 
those of us who are deciding to live that way, we own the narrative of what quality living looks like because families are getting messier and messier as they push away from God. So we own the narrative of what God's blessing can look like for a family, but I put together, there's a little graph here of what it looks like when in our culture today. So over time, some people on that green line hold firm to God's unwavering truth and they discover the blessings of God for their life and for their family. And over time in a society, you see this decline, people pushing away more and more from God. Does this look like America in 2023? Uh, yes. So when you stand up and boldly proclaim, hey, this is the way we want to live, more and more people don't get that. They don't understand that you want to live for God. They're going to mock you. They're going to say things about you. They're going to say you're crazy. But God says, let them talk because I'll, I'll deal with them later. I want you to focus on the timeless truths that I have for your family, for your legacy. Follow me, get away from the things that you think you know, and let me show you and reveal to you what is really true for your family. God says, unite with me. Unify. Unify your family with me. Jesus says in Matthew 18 and verse 19, it says, it says this, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that you ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. This says in a family, through God, unity does something powerful. It is through unity, the whole family unit, being on a movement towards God that allows power to happen. It starts with the marriage. You have a husband, you have a wife, and God says, I want you to be a power couple. And how are you gonna be a power couple? You're gonna both be united and following me. It's so the things that you're asking and seeking for your family will be provided and blessed upon because you are united together. This is hard though in our culture today because I see families where one of the spouses is digging into their faith and the other one is not. Not always, but oftentimes it's the woman is deeply seeking the things of God and the man is off on the sidelines. Now, he'll say something like this. He'll go, well, pastor, I'm not really bothering her with it. I let her go to church and she does her thing spiritually. I'm just not into that. Sir, let me just tell you, you are affecting the family when you do that. You are missing out on the power of the blessing that comes with a spiritually united husband and wife. See, sin is broken down into two categories, the sin of commission and the sin of omission. The sin of commission says, I know what I'm doing is unhealthy for my life. I know it's something God would not want for me, and I'm actively participating in it. That's the sin of commission. The sin of omission says, I'm not doing things that I know I should do. I'm just kind of letting those moments pass by and sitting on the sidelines. The sin of omission is damaging your family men. You gotta decide that if you're gonna see this thing move on the right track, that we're gonna be united together. Maybe it is the opposite way. Maybe it's the man seeking God and the woman's on the sidelines. We're joined together, we're united together as a family seeking God first. I love what the scripture points a family to, is that, hey, by the way, it's not about you, it's about God for your family. And when you decide to live a, as a family, and grow together as a family, united together as a family, and make it about God. You know what that does? That creates selflessness when our kids leave the home. Selflessness. Because it's not about me. More and more in our culture today, we see kids leaving the home and life's all about them. 
selfishness. A family that grows up putting God first lives in selflessness, and so their kids leave the home and they realize their job is to also be a blessing to humanity, to this earth. They get outside of themselves. At the end of the day, we keep growing on this journey saying, God, what do you want? Luke 2.52, Jesus grew. Here's what it says. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus modeled that we keep growing. We don't stop. We keep moving ahead. Parents are in any area of our life. And what do you do when you want to get more information? You realize your kids are moving into another phase of life. Like, Lord, help me with this new phase. The Bible says you, you seek God's wisdom. James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, here's what you should do. Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you just seek him, he says, I'll give you what you need. So many times we, we miss that step right there to just say, God, I'm seeking you. We can seek God and get information through his word. We can do it through mentors as well. How do you find godly mentors? You get plugged in, richly connected to maybe a body of believers like New Walk or somewhere. You say, this is my church home, and it's not just once every few months or whatever. It's like, I'm here consistently, and I'm plugged in, and I'm, I'm in the small groups that are starting. We have another round of small groups starting in a month, and I'm in, I'm in my group, and, and I'm connecting more and more, and I'm getting information to kind of meet people who are living on a strong spiritual journey in their life, and being a part of engrafted into a body of believers where you have this consistency on your part allows you to find mentors, role models, people that can help you on your parenting journey. We're putting together a one-night class for people to attend who, who want more wisdom from mentors, from, from God. And we've been talking about this each week of this series. Coming into this weekend, I think we had 170, 180 people say, I'm interested in attending that. Maybe you're new here and you're like, yeah, it's a one-night class. We're offering it two different nights. So you can pick from one, but it's a one-night class. Write parenting on the back of your Connect card, little card, long card you got when you came in. Right on the back, write parenting, circle it. At the end of our time together, these buckets will pass, and you just drop it in the bucket, and we will get you information about it again this week and keep you updated on the event that's coming up in a few weeks. That's another place where you can get a little more wisdom. We're offering, it's free, free child care. You just decide, hey, that's something, I, a step that I want to take to get even more information piggybacking off of this series. But you remember the graph I showed you. Biblical living versus a society moving away from God. Because that gap is growing in our culture today, that means there are a lot of people out there who would love to offer you quote-unquote wisdom who are not healthy. And you got to be careful who you're getting information from because some people kind of put out this image that they think they have the answers, but they're actually giving you very unhealthy unhelpful information. In fact, the Bible talks about that in James 3.15. It says, such wisdom, it puts it in quotes because it's fake wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. Does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, it is unspiritual, and it is demonic. You don't want that for your parenting. So you want to discover what God's ways, his wisdom are for the family. Here's the next thing I put in your notes. You have got to decide that you want house rules in place. I spent an entire sermon last week on house rules. 
I gave four last week that our family abides by, our, our, as husband and wife, my wife and I, in the raising of our kids. I shared those. If you missed it last week, you go to our website, click on the archives, drop down, and you can find you know, both of the weeks that we've done already in this series. But we developed house rules. I'm going to give you two more today. The ones that we went through last week were we were a family of building up encouragement. We, we wanted to model integrity, things like role modeling for our kids and so they could know what a husband and a wife are, so they could know what a mom and dad should be. And we valued parenting at the highest level, the role that God had given us. So I shared some of that last week. I hope, again, if you missed it, you'll go back and, and listen but before I get in the two that I want to share with you here, I put this in my notes, a great quote from a philosopher, Rousseau, who is from France, and, and he, I agree with some of this, but let me, just, let me just share what he said about kids and parenting. What you brought home was a wonderful, beautiful package of absolute innocence. <laughs> okay, anyways, and as long as you don't mess it up, and as long as society doesn't mess it up, the child will be great because it has greatness and perfection bound up inside of it. So I, I do believe our children have greatness bound up inside of them. I do believe they have potential to do amazing things, but they're not always innocent and perfect. As a matter of fact, regardless of what I do as a parent, and regardless of what you do as a parent, and regardless of what society does to our kids, they battle these things that are already inherent in them and some of this nature related to sin that they have to battle at times in their own life. Like we see this right away. You bring the kid home, they start doing things that you never taught them to do, but they start doing it. And the first thing they do is they poop all over you. And you're like, I didn't even ask for that. Like, why did you just, it's uncontrollable at times. Uh, but then they start doing things you can't imagine. They start becoming selfish and demanding. Studies say that two-year-olds are among the most violent human beings on the planet. Did you know that? They kick, they bite, they hit. You're like, we didn't never teach you that. They grab something from you and go, mine. We, we didn't even use that word in our home. At the most inappropriate times, often right in the middle of public, in places that embarrass you, they throw themselves on the floor and start screaming in passion. And so we know that regardless of what you even do, there are things that they have going on in their life and they're not always perfect and so having a guideline of rules having a, an understanding of what our house is going to be doing and not doing these things are critical the one I'm about to share with you today though requires the understanding that you are not made to be your kids best friends I'm sorry but you're not you're made to be their parents now I'd like to think because my kids have left the home I would like to think that they would consider me and my wife as among their best friends that they have in their life. You'd have to ask them. I, I don't know if they'd say that, but I think they might. They might say that. But that was not the goal of what we were doing in parenting. My job as a parent is to get them ready to be the world changers that I believe they were created for. And in order to do that, there are things that we abide by in our home, and there is something that we had in our home that was important. It's this word called discipline. And I put that in your notes, discipline. I understood that we had to have that in the home, and I understood 
that it was my job and nobody else's job. Like, for example, today, we have a lot of kids coming out of homes every day. They go to school. They've been undisciplined at home, and so they go to school, and they're undisciplined, and it seems like the parents are counting on the teachers and the administration to teach their kids about discipline, but of course, then when the school does teach their kids about discipline, the parents run up to the school and complain and say, you don't do it right. And so you're sitting here going like, well, what's the answer? The answer is the parents teach this at home. Like that's the primary place that this ought to be happening is in the home realm. But we're expecting for some reason our teachers to do sometimes what's not taking place at home. And I can assure you they are not paid to be the disciplinarians of your children. And they were not made to be the disciplinarians of your children. Parents were made to do that. In fact, our teachers went back to school this last week and they're in the classrooms now. And they do, they do an amazing job. We have some here, right here at our church and this audience. Can we celebrate our teachers and say thank you for the work that they have to do? We love our teachers and we know that it's not easy. But for our family, when we were parenting, we, our thing with the teachers was you're just a temporary partner in this time of our life. You're partnering with us in a very temporary position because the work that's taking place is happening big league in the home. That's where it's happening, not in the school. And so we would just ask the teachers, hey, we've got a set of standards already in our home. Would you just help us kind of uphold those standards? We weren't asking them to make the standards for our home. And so they said, these are our values that most every teacher that educated one of our kids knew that we were a family that had family values. They knew that we were a God first family. They knew it. And so we just said, hey, just partner with us in this little bit of a season. You're just kind of in this add on position when our kids are with you there at school. Of course, we have a standard here when your kids are with us in the kids ministry. We're an add-on. We're not the main thing for you, but we're an add-on. When your kids come to youth night, they're not the main, that's not the main thing for them. We're just an add-on. Of course, kids and youth, it is God first. But you partner with us because we're teaching standards, values, rules, discipline at home. And those rules are critical because when your parent sets up rules in the home that we abide by, your parents are doing it for a reason because they know that if you get outside the bounds of those rules, something unhealthy could happen. My, my mom just, we had a, a below ground pool at my house and um, my mom had three rules for us when we were in the pool, three rules. Number one, do, please don't pee in it. Please don't pee in the pool. Right? That's a, so that's a good rule right there, right? The next rule was no running on the patio, the concrete patio. Why? Because it's slippery and you could get hurt, right? So she knew. And the third was keep the dog out of the pool because if the dog gets in the pool, uh, it will scratch and claw the size of vinyl pool. It's not concrete, it's vinyl on the inside. And so if they scratch it, they're going to put holes in the vinyl and it's going to be a problem for us. So note we had a dog, keep the dog out of the pool. So we did that and we did pretty well at those rules for a lot of years. Well, about two, three months ago, we went to a cookout at my parents' house, same house, and uh, things got sideways. So that my brother brought a dog that was old and blind and I watched it as it fell right in the pool. And it's clawing the sides, trying to get out. I was gonna save it, maybe do doggy mouth to mouth, I don't know, but I ran across the patio, slipped, flew up in the air, my back landed tailbone right on the 
patio. My head flew back, hit my head. I'm already, I broke the rule running on the patio, and I may have peed myself right there. I'm not really sure because I, I blacked out. So I may have violated like three things all at once, and I'm not a kid anymore. You, you, you know, my mama was right about a lot of these rules, and I've suffered some of the consequences for going out of bounds there. The rules are important, and when they go out of bounds, it's important to bring discipline to mind for your kids. And let me just say this about discipline. For those of you that don't understand discipline, discipline, when you do not discipline your kids, you're being cruel to your kids. I'm just going to say that right now. You are delivering injustice for your children. And I'll explain this in very simple terms. <laughs> Some of you already know this, but let me explain it to you. Have you ever tried to go out with families or hang out with families that had kids who are completely batty, crazy, undisciplined? Has anybody ever been around? And you, your thing is like, uh, that was wild. I don't want to be around them again. Hey, we went out to dinner one, or lunch after church one time with a family here at our church. We, we went out and we were hanging out and the kids were going crazy. They were throwing things, food everywhere, running around, and nobody was disciplining them from their family. Can I just tell you, we never went out with them ever again. Some of you are like, have we ever gone out with the Baldesses? I'm trying to remember right now. But hey, the thing is, is we didn't want to hang out with them anymore because it was wild and nutty to be around them. And when you raise your kids that way, check it out. When they become adults, People don't want to be around them. They just don't. We can argue that if you want, but that's the truth. And the more and more older they get, because they're undisciplined growing up, they don't do well in relationships, so they get isolated. They don't do well in marriages. They, they become dysfunctional in their marriages, and they end up in isolation in life because of their dysfunctionality, folks. It is injustice for you to not have discipline in your home. You're hurting the kids. It's, an in, it's cruel to the kids. Kids who aren't disciplined become selfish, self-centered human beings. And as I mentioned before, isolated. The Bible says this in Proverbs 13, 24, very famous text. Here's what it says. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, somebody right now who doesn't know the Bible is going, did he just say beat your kids with a rod? Is that what he just, no, that's not what, that's. That's not what the Bible is. is and, and so some people take this uh, poorly in the way they understand it. There's another translation out there that I think is much more accurate to the intention of this text. And here's what it says. A refusal to correct. That word correct is tied to that word rod there in a very important way. It's a refusal to love. Love your children. How? By disciplining them. The, the rod is a reference to the shepherd. The shepherd would use something like a stick to correct the sheep that he was shepherding because, hey, oh, you're about to drift off into a ravine. There's thorns there. It's going to be ugly. Stay out of there. Nope, come over here. Oh, over there, there's an animal that wants to eat you. Nope, stay over here. You stay over. So it was a portrait of correction, and I think that's the proper translation of that text. So what do we do when it comes to disciplining? And I wrote this in my notes. It's not in yours, but the best Parenting, emotionally, spiritually healthy parents, parent with discipline with the least force necessary. Least force necessary. The key is being spiritually and emotionally healthy. Parents who discipline poorly when they're emotionally unhealthy, they, they do things to their kids that 
maybe are out of bounds at times. So the key is you got to be spiritually and emotionally healthy to have more successful discipline. But there's a level one in discipline, and some of you know this because of the way God makes kids, and they're all different. But some of you have had kids where all you had to do was look at them, and they start crying. They'd be like, I let mom and dad down, and they start correcting right away. Now, some of your kids, you look at them that way, and they look back at you with a nasty eye back at you. <laughs> okay, that clearly doesn't work for them, so you got to go to another level. Maybe the next level is you put them in timeout. Maybe some of you did this. You put your kid in timeout, and for some of them, it works, because especially the ones that are social butterflies, they hate to be in timeout. And so you, you kind of utilize that to say, got to think about what you're doing. It's a form of discipline. Some of the kids you put in timeout, it doesn't work. They're in their room throwing things around. They're like, okay, I guess we got to do kind of take this to another level. And another level is something maybe called a timely reminder that says, hey, these are the boundaries in our home. You know what a timely reminder can sometimes be a bar of soap. Anybody get that in their mouth uh, growing up? Is it, uh, we, yes, right. But maybe you have a kid that shows you they love to eat soap. They're just going to show you they love it. And you use something like hot sauce. And I'm going to tell you, we use some hot sauce in our home. And that's a little parenting hack you may want to check out because it worked. Timely reminders, yes, but remember, least force necessary. Folks, discipline is critical to any spiritual journey. So if you're going to grow spiritually, there are discipline, there's discipline along the way. God reveals to you, and it's important in the home as well. Very famous scripture in Proverbs 29, a child left to themselves disgraces their mama. True. They bring disgrace to the family, and as I mentioned, we're doing them a disservice growing up. Here's the other important house rule I wanted to share with you. It's called marriage. We made sure our kids understood the order of our home and the importance of the marriage, that the marriage was above our kids. It was not going to be a kid-centric home. Some of you have met families that have a kid-centric home. They do ev everything revolves around the kids. But the husband and wife do not have the connection in the marriage that they need to because they put the kids on a pedestal they shouldn't be on. So in our home, it was God, marriage, kids. That's, and our kids do that. Like I had to say, sometimes, you know, with my kids, I mean, I had to make it clear. I had to say, help them understand, like, you're here for a season. I got this woman for a much longer time. So we're going to be together in this journey of parenting. And we're going to put the marriage first. As you know, sometimes in homes, parents have been so focused on their kids that the kids leave the home and the husband and wife are looking at each other going, I don't even know you. We, we never even, what do we do now? It's not intended to be that way. And of course, it's a disservice to our kids when you put them on a pedestal and you make it all about them and you took them to everything and you went everywhere with them and you made it all about them but they did not know God as a priority. They did not know the marriage as a priority. They hit 12, 13 years old, faced with oral sex, and they don't know what to do. Faced with confusion about their identity, that, but you made revolved around them. But some of the greatest answers of life, they don't have, they, they grow up in the home, they don't know what a marriage is, they don't know what parenting is in a healthy way. And so our kids knew that we had an order and marriage the marriage was critical. Ephesians 6.1 says, parents obey your children. No, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is what? Right. There's an order in other words. God, marriage, kids. 
I will say this. If you are in a kid-centric home right now, if you are going to demote your children from that position, they will go down kicking and screaming because they like being number one. So you have to be prepared to do what is right and to follow this godly wisdom of reordering things in your home and protecting the marriage. And then here's the last thing. Uh, my kids have salvation. I want them to know, this is the biggest task I had to make sure of, like overarching, so critical. I wanted them to know salvation and I wanted them to learn how to depend on God in their life. Hear me. You can argue with me about this if you want. But the truth is that you were created by God to live forever. You were made to live forever and ever. You were designed, and every human being in this room, within the sound of my voice, you are going to live forever, either eternally with God or separated from him. But you will live forever, 100%. So God gave me a wife. God gave me a family. And I got to tell you, I want to live forever and ever in eternity with God with them. I want that. I don't want to miss that. Like, that's a big thing because you know what? This life is temporary. It's quick. It's the butt of vapor. Time passes. Things move on. I want my kids to know when I draw my last breath that, there's a, that they'll be able to join me one day in eternity. I want to give them a hope to know of salvation for their life, of eternal life. I want them to have that mindset. And so that's, I can't force them to come to know Jesus. I can't. But I can set them up to make that decision in their life. And that's a job of mine. And when they leave the home, they have a dependency on God, not human beings, not the things of this world, not substances, but God. That's my job. Some of you right now, it's your family. Is your family going to be reunited in heaven one day, eternally, forever? Is, are people missing from that grand plan that God had for you and your family? Some of you right now, you have loved ones that have gone before you, and they're, they're in heaven, and they're awaiting, but, but you haven't made that decision to have your sin forgiven and have eternity with God. You, you can make that decision today before you leave. Some of you kids, your parents have already made that decision. You can be a part of that bigger family of God, that eternal family. Some of you, your kids made that decision, but you have not. You can make that decision today before you leave. Deuteronomy 6, Moses gets the... Uh, Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5, Deuteronomy 5, Deuteronomy 6, it says this. These are the commands, the decrees, the laws, the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, their children after them, may fear the Lord as long as you live by keeping all those decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy a long, how about, eternal life. I want that for my kids. That's my job. I don't want them to miss the most important thing I have, making that decision, setting them up to know that Jesus Christ has saved humanity from their sin. For all who believe they can have a relationship with their heavenly Father. So maybe you're somebody here today and you're thinking, Okay, I want to make that decision. You can do that. Maybe you already made that decision, but you know you want to start parenting more and more for God. Maybe you want to take a simple step of start praying with your family because you're not, you're not doing that now. Uh, maybe you want to start figuring out how you can read God's word to your family. I put together a little video that I made this week or a couple weeks ago that I've been sending out each week of this series to say, hey, if you want to know how to begin praying with your family and doing a devotional with your family, I'll send that to you if on your Connect card you give me a clear email address 
and you write the word Devo on the back, D-E-V-O, circle it for devotional, drop it in the bucket when the buckets pass, and I'll make sure we get you that link. We've had almost 200 people say they wanted us to send them that link, and so we'll just add you to that list of people that we've been sending that link to. Here's what the Bible says, though. If you're seeking God for help, you want to get this right, Psalm 72 and verse 12 says, if you seek him, he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help them. God says, if you will seek me, you want to be a better parent, I will help you, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. So do not fear, for God says, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Would you seek him for your parenting, for your marriage, for your life? Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that you have not left us alone, that we are not sent with an instruction manual handed to us. God, your word is there. We seek it, we dig into it, we find it, discover it. As a parent here just being stirred to make changes in their home, as we've had every week in the series, God, I just pray for them and their convictions and their courage to accomplish the things that they know are right for their home and their family. It won't be easy, so God, they'll depend on your power and strength. There are others here who would love to be a part of the eternal family for their family's sake, for people that have gone before them for their own life, though. You can make that decision right where you're seated. You can say, God, I am ready to surrender to you. God, I, I, I've been driving this thing, but I'm ready for you to take the wheel of my life. I'm ready to put you first place in my life. The Bible says, great. If you want God to take the lead in your life, you gotta decide to be forgiven of your sins. Jesus Christ's blood shed on the cross for, for all of humanity who would believe in that pathway of forgiveness, cleansing, righteousness, that they could have a relationship with God and let him take the wheel of their life. If you are ready today to make that decision, you're saying, God, I surrender to you. I accept the gift of salvation through the name of Jesus Christ, no other name. I'm ready to begin a journey with you, God. I wanna know you more, love you more, encounter direction for my life, eternal salvation today. I begin that journey with you in Jesus' name. Amen.